2: on the Billiken Sports Network from Learfield. This is the Billiken Coaches Show, presented by Edward Jones. Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Billiken Athletics. Life is a series of moments. Make the most of them with an Edward Jones financial advisor. Also brought to you by Royal Banks of Missouri, investing in our communities one client at a time. Now, here's your host, the voice of the Billikens, Bob Ramsey.
3: Happy Monday evening, everyone, and welcome to the St. Louis University Billikens Coaches Show. I'm Bob Ramsey, and alongside men's head basketball coach Travis Ford. And as always, we're at the well, I shouldn't say always, but we try to always be at the fabulous Humphreys, the great college bar here at St. Louis U. And we'd always love for you to come by and see us. We've had some folks coming in tonight. I think probably a few folks maybe have a little uh Super Bowl lag.
4: Super Bowl hangover. So say
3: hangover, it might actually be accurate.
4: Yeah.
3: A real hangover. Um, Glad you're with us, though, and hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. Coach, how are you?
4: Doing good. Doing good. Just uh, headed over from uh, having practice, so just came straight from the office over.
3: And um, how was practice after a long road trip? We'll talk about that when you're out on the road that long. So practice, trying to get everybody back where they need to be?
4: Yeah, it's... uh yeah, we, we had a pretty good one. We didn't go hard. Um, we've got a, a, a week ahead of us, so we got to try to manage it <clears throat> the best we can. Uh, but, yeah, you talk about being on the road. It's, it's you know, not an easy thing to do. Um, I There's positives and negatives about it. The positives is, you, you know, you get to watch some film, do some different things. But you're just worry the guys are sitting in a hotel all day, and it's just – you know, I, I thought the start we got off in the St. Joe's game might have had a little bit to do with that. It's early morning. It's mm-hmm. 11.30 start our time, which I was a little concerned to begin with. It's a little early
2: for some of our mean, guys. Yeah.
4: You know, uh, as you know, we had a very early uh, walk through that morning in the in a ballroom, and you had to get them up early to eat pregame meal and things. It's just a totally different schedule, uh, but it's part of it. Um, but, you know, we got off to such a poor start of, you know – Later, start thinking about you know just sitting in a hotel you know for three or four days is right. is not always easy.
3: No, and in Philadelphia, I mean, Philadelphia is fine, but yeah. it's it's you're right. W- what are you going to do? Yeah. How do you occupy that we, time in the in a a positive, focused way for you know, the players?
4: Yeah, we try to. You know, obviously we get out and have practice, and yeah. we have walkthroughs in the hotel and different things like that. But uh, you know. There's not, like, a ton of time to go out and start doing things or anything like that. But a lot of sitting around, there's no question about that. There's a lot of just spending time in your room. And, uh, you know, they're not out and it's, uh, you know, and and going and doing like they would be here
3: when they're here. So you had a 500 road trip. And um, if I would have told you your team is going to average 94 points a game, what would you tell me?
4: Yeah, I'd uh, be a little surprised. Uh, Wondering see, what I'd been drinking. Yeah, yeah. You sure you didn't mean give up 94? <laughs> so, um, But, yeah, you know, uh, we we played well, obviously, at the LaSalle game. And probably one of the few games this year at all that we had multiple multiple players really bring their best game and really played well. And, uh, obviously, Sincere played extremely well in and, and limited minutes, got foul trouble. And, you know, uh, and – you know, I thought we played well in a tough place to play. LaSalle, a very difficult place to play. You know, it's just the uh Tom
3: Gola pickleball arena.
4: A, yeah, it's just a different environment. And, you know, they've got a, a, a nice team. They came back against Richmond, who's one of the best teams in our league, on Saturday and led at Richmond for most of the game. Yeah. Uh, ended up losing at the end. But, uh, you know, LaSalle's not a bad team. And, um, you know, we uh, we kind of – we led from beginning to end. So, you know, that was, uh, that was good for us to see us sustain it and, you know, put up a lot of points and, you know, win by double digits and more and, uh, and get to see several guys play well. So you know. the,
3: uh, I'm probably burying the lead here a little bit. A guest coming up in the next segment is Sincere Parker, who had uh, a back-to-back 30-plus games, uh, Atlantic 10 Player of the Week, Uh, obviously he's going to, that guy doing that is going to, is going to win that. Um, Earl used the phrase, he's in his bag, meaning (laughs) uh, I'm I'm learning. I I have street cred Um, in his bag, meaning, you know, shooting threes, finding ways to get to the rim, dunks, multiple moves to get open shots, fadeaways. I mean, scoring in just about every conceivable way you can think of.
4: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 absolutely. Uh, played extremely well. Um, as I was talking to Tom Ackerman yesterday, and we were talking a little bit, of, obviously about sincerity. It, it doesn't shock me to be honest. But, you know, we know he's capable of doing that. We, we yeah, we, you know, absolutely. Uh, as I told Tom, you know, we kind of. Built our whole offense early, knowing that he would do be able to do that. We, Why would he break yeah, his foot? Yeah, how unselfish yeah.
3: was that to yeah. break his foot so he it, could lay around for two months?
4: Yeah, so you know, we we knew going in, even the past summer that I he'll talk about it later. I kept telling he would be a high scorer. I knew that I, we would. He can do that. It's our job put him in the position to be able to do that, and we I think we our guys done a pretty good job of putting him in the position. But yeah, it it you know. He he makes great shots, difficult shots. Uh, you know, going out and scoring thirty four and thirty and you know, all that now that's a lot of points. But we know he can score. We I mean we we see it all the time, uh, especially throughout the summer preseason and And
3: again, the rebounds come back too now that he's gotten healthy and in shape.
4: Yeah, no question. You know, uh and uh yeah, that's an area that we 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 talked to him about. We think he can be a really good rebounder and one of our better rebounders. He's athletic, got long arms, and, um, you know, he can rebound on both ends, uh, you know, get to the offensive glass, uh, an area we need to get better at. But, uh, but yeah, he, uh, you know, we, we know he's capable uh, of having nights like that for sure.
3: So let me try and step back and take a little bigger picture at it. And we've talked at length over the last year and a half about at the very top of the defensive game plan for the opposition. Stop Gibson, Jimerson. Mm-hmm. you stop the Billikens. Mm-hmm. Bold letters. We know that. We yeah. see it because of what how they, they go after him. Everybody now has looked at the tape. Everybody in our league. Yeah. They know what's going on. That's going to change the way, at least, the, I'm wondering, will that change the way teams now guard your guys?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Sincere start seeing different coverages and uh, – you saw it a couple of times late in St. Joe's games where he ran and jumped him and just like, yeah. hey, we're not going to let you. Uh, we're, we're fully expecting like VCU to try to trap him. Different people, yeah, absolutely. Teams are going to start playing him a different way, which should open some things up for some other guys. Without right. question, you know, got to make the right play at the right time. Uh, but that's out of re- – you know, he's gained that respect at this point. It's it, Like I said, because it's not a surprise that he went out and got there. People know he can score. You know, they know he's been hurt. These are conversations he and I had two, three weeks ago. I told him this is just going to be a process, man. He 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 really thought he was going to step right up the very first game and go out and get thirty five. Like that's what his mind. Like he was really disappointed. Like he wasn't going out there scoring. Like that's just not realistic. No, uh, you, it's going to take some time. First of all, you got to get in shape. You got to get your rhythm back. You, there's a lot that goes along when you sit out two and a half months. Literally sit out not playing basketball. And all of a sudden, you're thrown into eight, ten 10 games. So, was that yeah. Dayton
3: game your first – was that your first game back at Dayton? I No,
4: just, it was St. Joe, Joe's. Uh, oh, uh, here, here. Here.
3: And then I, – but I do remember at the Dayton game, he'd be in for a couple minutes, you'd pull well, him out and
4: – Well, he sincere, played well, but he, but he, he couldn't – yeah, He was gassed. He, he was, was gassed. Yeah.
3: And so it just takes time to get game shape, right? Oh,
4: absolutely it takes time to get game shape. It's it, – and really, the only way to do it is in games yeah. in, in practice and, and and going hard in practice but uh yeah he will he will start seeing different coverages without question we we will start preparing for that starting tomorrow the different coverages he will see and different things like that and uh no different than Gibson has seen it um, you know people how people try to keep him from getting the ball and then yeah. you know may doubling him different things like that that's what you know we've been using sincere with the ball in his hands a lot um, to try to just play downhill and create off the dribble because he, he's really, really good at one of the best of, best on our team as far as creating off the dribble for sure. Um, so what what he'll probably see is more double teams, you know, trying to trap him off ball screens and things like that is what, what they'll start trying to do.
3: Speaking of Gibby, um, what I've liked, even when he's not getting the ball, not getting shots, that he keeps playing. Yeah. And I'm thinking of a moment – um, Saturday, and I can't remember who ended up scoring, but he came up and set a high screen near the top of the key, mm-hmm. and absolutely knocked the tar out of the guy. I think that was
4: Forsyth. I, I can't remember.
3: And and it was unbelievable. There's a guy that's committed to team ball.
4: Yeah, no question. He, you know, um, you know, obviously he has not been scoring the way he, he he has in the past. But you're exactly right. He hasn't changed. It, it, what he does movement-wise on offense creates some things for other people. Yeah. Now we've got to figure out how we can get him going a little bit um, in different things, um, you know, with how we're playing right now. Uh, but no question, you know, you see by the minutes he's playing that uh, obviously, he, you know, his feel for the game and understanding of situations are always key. He's always capable of obviously making several big shots, and, and Gibson's one of the other guys with Sincere and that can score from three, but he can also drive it and do some other things as well.
3: Sincere Parker's going to join us in just a moment. Let me remind everybody about our friends at Union Station, St. Louis Union Station, with so many things to safely do and see for all ages. Book your experience at stlewisunionstation.com. This is the Billiken Coaches Show right here on KMOX. And, of course, We're here at Humphreys on the St. Louis University campus. Don't go away, we'll be back with more of the show
1: The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.
3: Here comes Parker on the dribble. Around a screen. Into the paint. The leaner with the left hand. Yes! Sincere Parker! He's got 32, and the Bills are back on top. Welcome back to the Billiken Coaches Show, and you heard that one out of Sincere Parker's bag and he came off that screen, off the kind of off the right block, and came with the floating floater over the rim with the left hand. I didn't know that was in your bag, sincere <laughs> Parker. How you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm doing good today. Doing
3: how do good. you uh, do you see? I had no offensive ability, <laughs> zero. So it, it's it's yeah. to me that's almost like magic. I can't even understand how those plays happen. So, that's not something you think about, is it? You just have a feel? Is that right?
0: Yeah, definitely just feel for the game, you know, just playing so long, seeing so many people, so many games one-on-one, just, you know, a feel.
3: And did you always know you needed to work to be able to
0: score with both hands? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, it wasn't always this way. You know, uh, I had to definitely work for the left hand, you know, right hand, too. So, um,
3: I, I after, uh, after LaSalle game, I asked you, um was at an all time career high and I think you said Juco you had forty eight. Uh, yeah,
0: forty eight. Uh <laughs> come on. Yeah.
3: Coach, what would you, what's your all time <laughs> high game any level? Do you oh, remember? Oh goodness. Any level. I'm too old for that. I don't <laughs> uh
4: I think I had forty five in high school one time. Um, yeah. but I shot every time in high school, so I should've <laughs> had forty five. Uh shoulda. <laughs> um, yeah, um, you know we were talking about this the other day as coaches. I had tw- in college it was 29, 29 several times. I never could get over twenty nine. Really, several yeah. times and uh, or mm-hmm. at least a few. Just never could get over twenty nine. Yeah, that's, that's funny. That.
3: And so our crack research department, meaning Brian Cunderman, <laughs> um,
4: <laughs> one man I, show.
3: <laughs> yeah, I believe you're only the third player to have back to back thirty plus games. Is that correct? With there's four. Who's the fourth? Who? Oh, Lou Mc- oh, okay. Lewis McKinney.
4: I know Larry did.
3: Uh, Larry, Larry Hughes. Hughes did it. I know the 40-pointer the was at Marquette. Yeah. And then Bonner had 45 and 20 at Loyola and then came back with a 30-something game. And so, but that's yeah. like once every hoops generation. Hard. It just doesn't happen yeah. very often. When you're in the moment like that, it's just – explain being in that zone, what it's like when things are going and you're making it work and you're scoring all different ways. What's that feel like?
0: Uh, every shot just feels like, you know, another shot. You know, uh, nothing I really think too much about this. trying to get to my spots, you know, play comfortable, not let the defense beat me up or stuff like that.
3: See when you have ability you can just let the game come to you when you don't have ability that's when you think about it Yeah no and it's, it's hard what am i going to do now
4: It's true you know we talk to our players it's you know you know when you're i think players are at their best period and it's not all about scoring there's other ways you can be great but you got to lose yourself in the game you've got to lose yourself in the game You say that yeah If you don't lose yourself in the game you let pressure get to you you put too much pressure on yourself if you and that's you know when you're having nights like that most guys like I said just have lost they don't they're not thinking about you know it it just comes natural and they've lost themselves in the game and into the next moment um and that's when you can you, you can really allow yourself to become great, but if you don't lose yourself in the game, it's really difficult, very difficult
0: sincere where would you grow up uh Rockford Illinois, you know, not too far. Yeah. From Chicago. I don't wanna say the exact direction because I might be wrong, but uh <laughs> No, it's a little ways away from there though.
3: Yeah, and, and was is basketball always been your sport? Did you pl- have you ever played uh, other no. sports?
0: When I was little I used to like football more. Uh Really? Yeah, I started liking basketball more around like middle school, you know, more of my friends started playing basketball, so it became fun, but
3: were you I, qu- were you a quarterback or a wide receiver?
0: Uh running back.
3: Running back, really. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah I used to play running back for a little bit, then yeah, pretty much every position as I was growing up so
3: so um when did what what was the turning point of you saying i i'm gonna be a basketball player what what made that
0: flip uh just see how fun it was you know to do certain things in the game and contribute to the team you know, so I kinda like the aspect of the game and scoring just some like shooting actually. Like, I always like making threes, so I feel like that made me like basketball more.
3: And not having to get hit.
0: Yeah. Running okay. into the line. Yeah, definitely that, too. <laughs> not being a physical football, so, so.
3: Yeah, and so um, do you even worry when teams run multiple guys at you? Uh, obviously, you've been doing this for so long now. at such a high level that um, my guess is you just feel like that's part of the game, right?
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's just like part of the game. You know, two people come at you, somebody's open on the court or, you know, something's open. In
3: fact, on Saturday, it was in the first half. Coach, help me out here. You were on the left side. They ran two guys at you, and somehow you got – but I don't even know how you did it. Split that double team and got through there. That was –
4: We saw that today, I think. We watched that on film. Yeah. He – He split – I think he split the the ball screen, split the two defenders and uh, uh, went in for a layup. I think he got a layup off I think he did
3: get a a layup on that. Um, So, this is not the season that anybody's wanted. Broken foot, guys not eligible, guys get sick, bad back, whatever. Um, But uh, Coach talks about losing yourself in the game. I think when the, when the chips are down, you've you just got to keep playing, right, as a group and stay together. Is
0: that right? Oh Yeah, definitely. In these kind of situations, just, you know, next man up. You know, people get hurt. Uh, people get sick. People get out. You know, just next man up. You know, we have other talented players off the bench as well, some of the younger guys. So, you know, they come in too as well. So, So you just keep playing? Yeah.
4: Yeah, you know, these guys have done a good job. Obviously, Sam being out, you know, he, he got off to such a great start, you know, in 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 four games. He got hurt in the fourth game of the season. And in that game, he had already had, like I think, 22 or so in yeah. the game. And was really – and really was playing unbelievable. Uh, probably would have had a, one of those 30-point nights again. Um, but I can remember, like, he was, was right in front of our – right, right your, there in front right of there. our bench. You didn't think anything about it because he kind of – grabbed his foot or something, you thought maybe, well, he might spray an ankle or something, but didn't expect him to be out the next two and a half months. That's for sure. But, uh, you know, it's, you know, I think the, the whole team's done a good job of trying to stay positive and keep fighting and through some difficult times of not obviously winning games, but, you know, trying to get better. Um, and you know, that's, as we told you, you know, that's the old saying, when the going gets tough, the tough get, you know, tough get going. And, uh, that's that's way we the approach we need to take, uh, you know, because it's been a difficult time. We understand that. That's we're living it uh, every single day. Um, but these guys come with a good attitude, uh, sincere. You know, the thing about sin is, you know, it, it. One thing that makes him the player that he that he can that he can that he is and can become is his competitive nature. He's one of the more competitive guys I've been around. It gets the most of him sometimes. We've seen it get the most of him a few times. Really? Yeah. yeah I, about, I get it. I understand that too. So, But, you know, you got to channel it in the right direction. But he's very, very, very competitive. Wants to do great. Wants to win. Wants to do well. And he's not afraid to put in the extra time. He, he does a lot of extra outside of practice to become, you know, to become a better player, and, you know, and that, that 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 has to be. There's there's no other way around it.
3: You know, it's interesting because I'm not at every practice, and through the summer, I only got to see you guys a couple of times. in the year before, um, we knew of your reputation coming out of JUCO, um, but you seem like such a calm, chill guy that the competitiveness is that. That's interesting to me.
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: where'd that come yeah. from?
0: Uh. You know, it really came from, i would definitely say playing my dad one on one. You know, <laughs> he had just beat down pretty bad. I can know, do it. Yeah. Could never really win. So, like, I knew it was all my friends, everybody else, like, no, nah, I'm not going to let them beat me. My dad maybe can beat me, but like, I will not <laughs> let them His dad was a
4: good player. Me. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. My dad played, uh, yeah. he played all the way until his second year in junior college. Then he stopped playing after that. Yeah.
3: Is, uh, is he same size as you? Bigger, smaller?
0: Uh, small. He's like five ten, five eleven. And he was beating you?
3: <laughs> Come yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> I don't know about now, though. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe not now.
0: Yeah, I don't know about now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Who's the best one-on-one on one player on the team?
0: Um, we have some. Because I know guys, you guys play, but uh, you? Uh, it's you, and yeah. it? he. <laughs> He's been I mean, outside of me, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely it's a few players, but. I can't really say we have so many people, you know, as in different ways are harder to guard, you know, or just different to guard. So I can't really just say one. But
3: if you could improve one thing in your game, what would it be right now?
0: I say probably getting my teammates more involved. Mm. You know, on top of what I do still, but just getting some of the other guys involved.
3: And how do you go about doing that, Coach? What do you think? Do you agree with him?
4: Uh, yeah, I, I would add a little D to that at times too. We, we work on that a little bit. (laughs) We work. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think it's going to become more, it's going to become more essential as he's coming, you know, as we move forward here, as he's start going to gain more attention to be able to make the right play at the right time. When you draw help, make the right play. Uh, you know, there's no question the last couple games, you know, he's, he's gotten on a roll and. You know, he makes three or four shots in a row, and then maybe the fifth one's not such a great shot at times. Uh, but that kind of goes with it. Um, but being able to make the right play at the right time, and uh, and and because he's going to start seeing different defenses, and then on the defensive end, he he can be a great defender because he's long, he's athletic, um, and things like that. It's just you know, um, he does so much offensively that you know sometimes you lose a little concentration on the mm-hmm. defensive end. But for us to take that next step, we've got to get everybody defending, and that's just not him. That's everybody.
3: Yeah, and it's not just on ball. When people think man-to-man defense or whatever, on ball, there are so many responsibilities in man-to-man
0: team defense, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's the rotations, help, box yeah. out, sacks, <laughs> all that type of stuff.
4: Yeah, you know, we talk, we've been talking a lot about that lately. Um, I've been yeah. talking to the team about all the things that go in without touching the basket, you know, Um, You know, there's so many things in basketball that on the offensive end, you only get so many shots a game. It's maybe accounts for maybe five seconds of the game each shot. Maybe you take nine shots. It's probably, you know, it's it's just 3% of your offense. But defensively, you just mentioned it, on the ball is such an essential part. But you spend more time off the ball than you do on the ball. Uh, so it's important to understand rotations, understand defensive scouting report, understanding, you know, personnel, understanding everything we're trying to do. Yes, that doesn't underestimate – it doesn't devalue what it means to play on the ball. That's number one. The ball's the most important thing on the court, defending on the ball, competing on the ball, guarding the ball, and then doesn't devalue shooting the ball. That's obviously a very, very important part. But those are such a small part of the game that, uh, you know, you've got to lose yourself in the other yeah. parts of the game in order to be successful.
3: Since here, I know you've got uh, supper waiting for you over there. Let mm. me ask a couple of other, other <laughs> quick things. Do you, yeah. out on the court, especially when the guy is, is really playing well, th- is there ever much chirping going on? Ever a little talk back and forth?
0: Uh, A little bit. Yeah, it's but, usually him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But, you know, that's just going to be uncompetitive. you know, yeah. getting so lost in the game. Yeah. So.
3: You don't ever pull a Larry Bird and tell, go down and tell the coach, you you going to put that guy on me? He can't. <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, uh, you know, the, the record is not what we want, but there's still a lot of basketball to play. And I feel like you guys have uh, an opportunity still to make a mark this year. Do you agree
0: with that? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, like I said, it's just a matter of us, you know, just keep playing, you know, just keep getting better every day. And it's taking it one game at a time, one day at a time. And, you know, things will just keep getting better for us.
3: Well, player of the week, it's really fun watching you work, sir. Uh, It really is enjoyable. Go enjoy your dinner, and uh, we'll see you Friday
0: against VCU. Yes, I appreciate it.
3: That is Sincere Parker, A-10 player of the week. Let me remind everybody about the Missouri Athletic Club, proud partner of Billiken Athletics. Since 1903, the Missouri Athletic Club has been the premier athletic Business Social and Dining Club in St. Louis for its members and their families. Don't go away. More on the Billiken Coaches Show when we come back. And this is Camo X. Well, this is the unprofessional host of the Billiken Coaches Show. My cheeseburger is so good, I couldn't resist taking that last bite as we came back. Here at Humphrey's, delightful as always. Let me remind you about my friends at Royal Banks of Missouri. They're your friends too because they believe in service. They're going to make sure that you get the quality service you need to find just the right banking product for you. Go to royalbanksmo.com today. Open a new personal checking or savings account. Call the mortgage folks uh, over at Royal Banks. Home equity credit line. Spring is almost upon us. I know you've got projects you're planning. Let all the work and money that you put into your home work for you now with a home equity credit line from Royal Banks of Missouri. Member FDIC and equal opportunity lender. Well, away from the Billikens, sort of, really more about Travis Ford and what he's given back to the game. Today, the uh, Memphis Grizzlies signed Jordan Goodwin, Mm -hmm. who was with Phoenix, got traded to Brooklyn. That day got cut, picked up by Memphis today. And that's a story, and we'll talk about that. But interesting that another one of your players, one of one of your great players from Oklahoma State, Marcus Smart, is also on that team. That's got to make you feel pretty good.
4: It does. I'm very excited. Uh, uh, you know, and Memphis not being that far up the road is great. And uh, um, you know, Marcus or uh, uh, Jordan had always heard me talk a lot about Marcus, mm-hmm. um, and I know Marcus will take him under under his wing and things like that. But you know, you talk about we were in Philly when everything started transpiring, and just and I was texting back and forth with Jordan, just sick to my stomach. Just it's the nature of the business; it's it's part of it. Uh, you know, that's you know, uh, it, it's it's the tough part because um, he 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 had some really really great moments. Did with you get to see
3: many of his games
4: uh, with on TV? On TV, uh, yeah, yeah, same with on me. TV. Uh, I'm-
3: and I thought he produced pretty well. And I know it can be a numbers game, and who needs to play. And sometimes you got to play contracts. Oh yeah, and that sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I was a little, I would not a little, I would, and I'm biased, I admit, disappointed that he just kind of got pushed to the back.
4: Yeah, it's, it, and, you know. Um, he he had some great moments with Phoenix, no question about it. Uh, that's they loved him there. I know the coach really well, uh, for the Phoenix Suns, and they loved him there. It's there's all kinds of reasons. Sometimes today, like you said, it's contracts, it's money, it's all kinds of things that go on. Um, now you know as 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 uh, as, uh, and I know you know he he was disappointed, but he, he was. Very, very positive. I was probably more upset and mm. down more than anything. But I did know through all that. I I knew he'd bounce but I knew somebody'd pick him up. And they had he had multiple teams that wanted him, multiple, not just two or three or four. it was, it was five or six that wanted him.
3: That's great. Um.
4: So I, I I think he he has definitely, um, you know, made his impact in the NBA. He he's done enough that you know teams are going to want him. He he's, he's he's proven himself.
3: If we do, they see the same things we yeah. knew about him. Heart. Toughness, tough.
4: Yeah, yeah. He's a guy you put in the game you can count on. Yeah. Like he's he's going to make some something something positive happen. Here's a guy that averaged a double double, you know, for us, and that's not easy for a guard to do. Um, and just you know, a two time first team all defensive player. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, really happy for Jordan. Uh, glad he's at Memphis with Mark. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I think he's going to get to play over there because Memphis is pretty banged up right yeah. now. So I think he's going to continue to get to play, and that's what you want uh, is to be able to just get out there and play and continue to prove yourself. But uh, I was happy to hear that uh, that there were several teams that uh, uh, that were wanting him, so that was that's a positive.
3: And for those who don't know, let's back up a little bit and talk about your relationship with Marcus Smart and tell me how did that develop, the recruitment for him, and, and how, um, hey, good players we get. But I get a sense that it's more than just – coach, player. You guys were very close.
4: Yeah. Um, you know, I started recruiting him as a junior in high school, and it was it was uh, recruiting because we were recruiting one of his best friends and teammate, Phil Forte, as well. And at the time, Marcus was recruiting. Obviously, he was getting recruited by everybody in America, and we wanted him, but I also truly, truly wanted Phil Forte. I probably wanted Phil as much as I wanted Marcus, and a lot of people were either maybe Recruiting Phil because of Marcus, uh-huh. or some weren't recruiting Phil at all. And I made it point blank very, very early. I probably recruited Phil harder than I did Marcus. Uh, in the fact that we needed Phil Forte, I wanted Phil Forte. I saw something in him that I knew he could be a great player. Uh, with how dedicated he was, how committed he was, and uh, his work ethic, and how he shot it. And He's, he, you know, again another competitor um uh, so obviously got to know both families extremely extremely well um and uh we were fortunate to get them and then you know got to know marcus and his family real well and his mom passed a couple of years ago uh you know went to visit her in dallas and so she was in the hospital and different things she she was sick for a while and um you know stay in touch with marcus quite a bit Went to boston to see him quite a bit went to uh, Went out to uh, California and was at his wedding this this past summer. He got married this summer, so oh, that's great. Uh, he he invited me out to the <laughs> wedding and got to spend some time with him there and see him there. But uh, yeah, a guy that's uh, it's been fun watching him grow up through the NBA and his time with Boston was just remarkable. And it wasn't just his play on the court, but he was really known for what he did in the community. He was really, really, really known for the impact he made within the community through his foundations and things like that and it was fun to see him you know him just continue to grow and give back and uh you know now he's married and uh I'm sure we'll start having kids at some point but uh it's it's you know that's one of the fun things I've you know had a a teammate stop through the other day that was uh in Philly one of my former teammates Tony Delk who just I oh, didn't know yeah. he's with the uh, with the Hornets right now and uh he came he was in town for some stuff and just stopped heard we were at the hotel and just popped in didn't know he noise there and I introduced him to all the players we were in a meeting and, you know, see him. I've got a former player that called me today that's in town here to St. Louis, had no idea who's going to come by to practice tomorrow and things like that. And, you know, whether it's players you've coached or former teammates, that uh, I tell our guys all the time, that's the memories you're making. The relationships. Yeah, the relationships you build will go further than anything else that you do, even the wins and losses. The relationships you build will last you for for a lifetime, and the memories you build – You know, those things are very, very important.
3: One more thing. uh, uh, Talk just a little bit about Marcus. You really wanted Phil. Obviously, everybody wanted Marcus. So um, talk about building the relationship within the team with both of those guys as they were close friends, too, um, when Phil was an assistant coach here and now he's at North Texas. Um, Just those relationships for anybody observing were pretty obvious.
4: Yeah, no question. You know, I, I remind our players all the time and relationships are key to any success that you have in life. I don't yeah. care what business you're in, uh, building relationships are ultra, ultra important.
3: Let, let uh, me let me rephrase yeah. that. So as that relationship built, were you surprised by Marcus at how good he got or you, yeah. you knew it was going to be that well, way?
4: Well, you know, Marcus in high school, Played off the ball, you know. Mark is a big guy, yeah. uh, At six three, big, strong guy. He played inside, four man, five, whatever they need. Very time, much
3: like Jay Good,
4: two, two time state champion. Uh, you know, and the sophomore, they were runner up state champs, and they won it back to back junior and senior year. Uh, he and Phil did, and, and that's and, in Texas. And as I and this was even after I signed him, and we signed Phil and those guys. I, you know, obviously we kept going to their games, kept watching him, and I came back, told my staff Oklahoma State because we knew we had to, we had to have a we we had a senior point guard and we didn't have a, really a backup. We needed a, a point guard. I came back and I said, "Guys, Marcus going to play the point." They all thought I was out of my mind. I'm just I'm telling you, he's going to play the point. I called and told Marcus and Marcus, "I'm going to make you a point guard." Yeah, yeah, you're just saying. I can. He and I still talk about it today. so yeah, you're just saying. I said, no, I'm going to put the ball in your hands from day one, and I'm going to make. I'm going to really? really going to be a point guard. Absolutely, and uh, they all just thought it was some recruiting play. You know, just all this stuff and. And the more you watched him, you could see the vision and leadership that he had. And he was strong with the basketball. Um, and from day one, I put the ball in his hands and made him a point guard. And we spent a lot of time together and watched a film doing different things to to, to learn that position. Because that's not necess- – he never really played point guard ever. And, you know, he went from – you know, even though he was a great player, he wasn't on any of the draft boards. Um because nobody really thought he had a position. You know, yeah. what position is he in the NBA? He really doesn't have a position. And I knew in order to play in the NBA, he's going to have to play the point. He's going to have to be uh, the play with the ball in his hands. And uh, so we put the ball in his hands from day one. Uh, you know, he had a great – he was National Freshman of the Year. He's Big 12 Player of the Year as a freshman. As a freshman. As a point guard on our team. And uh, he was trying to decide whether to come back or not. He was National Freshman of the Year. Big 12 player of the year, maybe second team All-American, whatever it was. And, you know, uh, you know, talking to his mom, all his mom did not want him to go. His mom said, he needs college, he needs to stay another year. And, you know, he was trying to decide what to do. And he and I met almost literally every single day when the season's over for about 10 days. And I was almost playing devil's advocate in the fact, like, hey, you got to go, what are you even thinking about here? You don't have a choice. The magic had told me that they were going to pick him. That he was their pick. Now we wow. didn't know we didn't know what pick they had yet, and uh, we went every day. You know, we went uh, talked every day and went gave him all the you know where he was at. We just talked, gave him all the information, and I could tell uh, he and Ford were were very 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 tight. Ford, Phil, and he were extremely. Those three together were extremely tight. Best friends, all three of them. Four kept telling me I he's gonna stay. He doesn't want to leave. He doesn't want to like he, wow. he's he's worried people are trying to talk him into leaving. And I'm like, Well I don't necessarily want to do him that, but I feel like I, you know, need to play that side of it. Um and uh we talked. Finally he just came in and was like, Coach, I I you know, I, NBA's not going anywhere. And everybody kept telling him the next the following year's draft's gonna be a whole lot tougher. You need to go now, uh, one side of it. And he's like, I I, I believe in myself. I and NBA's not going anywhere. I can never come back to college. I want to come what back. What a
3: mature to thought! Oh, it was unreal. Wow!
4: And I remember the day he said, "Coach, I'm just coming back. I'm staying. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to leave. I want to stay." So obviously, he comes back and uh, ends up having a great. and Orlando end up getting in the lottery, getting the third pick, but he's end up the sixth pick to the uh, better team. Uh, sixth pick to the the Boston Celtics the year before lottery pick. Um, and uh, now he's wow. been in the NBA for I don't know how long now. It seems like for Aaron Hill, he's going to play another probably 10 years in the NBA.
3: That's yeah. amazing. You know, before we go to this last break, um, uh, while you were talking about getting him to play point guard, reminded me of a great player you recruited here, Javon Bess. Not that he was a point guard, but he was not a scorer. He was not a shooter, but that was kind of your – Deal right. Well, Javon,
4: I'll, I'll never forget the the uh, Javon came on his visit, and uh, I, I one day he was a starter on the Final Four team. Yeah, started twelve games uh, on a Final Four team at Michigan State, and I'm like, you know, why, why are you leaving? You know, like yeah. you know, kind of side out of his side. I'm like, why are you? What's? And he's like, you know, Coach, I need I need to improve my shooting. I want to improve my shooting. I'm not a great shooter. You know, they play me mostly at the four spot. Uh, I need to go, I, I want to uh, go somewhere I can improve my shooting. And uh, and he also talked about he'd had a lot of injuries at Michigan State. He felt like he was a little snake-bitten at Michigan State. He said, I've had a lot of, just felt like I need a new start. And uh, so I said, good. And uh, it was interesting. I don't know if many people know this. He He didn't commit to us. He actually left and committed somewhere else.
3: Oh. After
4: he left. And we forgot about it. He called us back later and said, Hey, I think I made a mistake. And we said, He said, Would you still be interested? Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, goes down as one of the all time greatest leaders I've ever coached. Tremendous. One of my, just uh, Andy an, an incredible human being. And made himself uh, a better shooter. And I, I tell everybody, that he had a routine at 6 a.m. Seven days a week where he was not going to be denied, and he became a great shooter percentage-wise. Uh, became Defensive Player of the Year in our league. Mm-hmm. As he led us to an NCAA tournament. Uh, but one of my all just um, – I, my coach said, "You, you, I could go on and on about Javon Bess. I, I love Javon Bess. He just uh, – his demeanor, his approach, he could take hard coaching and respond to it. It uh, was all about winning. Uh, there was nothing – fake there was nothing uh was driven knew what he wanted and wasn't gonna let anybody even get it knew it was a team player through and through uh you could ask him to do anything he would go do it um great leader uh I could go on and on Javon I still talk to him quite a bit uh and uh you know he's uh he's had a good professional career yeah I thought he would you know I really did I thought he might be able to play in the NBA and really you know he uh, played in the NBA summer league for a couple of years, but uh, has had a good career overseas mm-hmm. and really, really good career. Uh, and uh, I think he'll be a really good coach someday. Yeah.
3: Wow. We're gonna take a quick break. I'm late. We'll come back and then say good night from Humphreys in just a moment. This is the Billiken Coaches Show on Camel X. Welcome back to Humphreys and the Billiken Coaches Show. Travis Ford is here. I'm Bob Ramsey. Um, Coach, we look ahead now, and again, the schedule's so quirky this year. You you have almost a full week off and play VCU on Friday. I'll remind everybody again in a minute, that's a 6 o'clock tip. If you get there at 7, you've missed most of the game. (laughs) Get there at 6 on Friday at Chaffetz Arena. Well, The first game at VCU, I know, was very frustrating. Very frustrating to you um, and to the team and to all of us. The way they guarded, they really took us out of everything we were trying to do with their lengths.
4: Well, they've done it pretty much to everybody. They're one of the top five defensive teams in the country, percentage-wise. And one of the hottest teams, and one of the hottest teams in our league, they've won eight of nine. um, Just came off a big win against Dayton, 49-47, I think, uh, Mm -hmm. at VCU. But... Really impressed with their team. I, I think one of the more talented teams in our league, one through seven, one through eight, really, really talented, length, experienced, very, very old basketball team. Uh, and as you mentioned, very talented, uh, very good defensively, their numbers speak for itself, but a really talented offensive team. We have a lot of weapons offensively uh, and uh, are obviously playing really, really, really good basketball right now.
3: Coach, thank you for the visit tonight. I always enjoy it. We'll see you on Friday, and we'll go get uh, go get us a home game. Absolutely, six o'clock on Friday at Shaffer's Arena for Travis Ford, a ten player of the week. Sincere Parker. I'm Bob Ramsey, and good night from Humphreys.
2: Listening to the Billiken Coaches Show, presented by Edward Jones. Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Billiken Athletics. Life is a series of moments. Make the most of them with an Edward Jones financial advisor. Also brought to you by Royal Banks of Missouri, investing in our communities one client at a time. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Billiken
1: Sports Network.